0: how much do you want to be the best and not just the best in sales but the best in how you do life oh big topic and let's dive in on today's episode of the buyer's
1: mind Welcome to The Buyer's Mind, where we take a closer look deep inside your customer's decision-making mechanism
0: to reverse engineer the perfect sales presentation. Now,
1: please welcome your host, Jeff Shaw. Well,
0: greetings, everyone. Once again, welcome to The Buyer's Mind, the podcast where we try and figure out how we can be as successful as we can by learning more about our customers. And today, we're going to really learn how we can be our best versions of us. What is the best version of you in sales and in life? Now I know that sounds intimidating, so let me bring in our show producer, Paul Murphy. Murph, what do you think? Are, are you are you ready to to buckle in and talk about how you can be the
1: best you can be both in sales and in life? Is this a promotion for the military or? I'm just kidding. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know it's sort of be all you can be. But but look, okay, so maybe it's that 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 uh, be all you can be is a little bit overused. But I wonder, Murph, do we really spend enough time in life asking the question, am I being the best
1: version of me? You know, it's a great question and it's a question I ask myself both as a husband and a father in addition to uh, the work that I do for sure.
0: Well, I think we are all there. And listen, there are two ways that we can approach that, right? We can approach it as an opportunity to beat ourselves up, Or we can approach it as an opportunity to be evaluative about what can I do? What does that look like? And I think what tends to happen, I know this is true for me, is that I get so tied up in the busyness. I get so tied up in the day to day that I don't spend enough time stepping back and asking what's bigger than this? What is bigger than the priorities of my day? What's bigger than getting the next sale? What's bigger than the tasks and assignments that are on my to-do list? How do I step back and ask about the things that are really, really important? And because this is such a critical topic, I wanted to bring somebody on who absolutely, I have no doubt whatsoever, is going to have an impact on your life. How can I say that? Because she's had an impact on my life. Today, we're going to hear from my coach, Adrian Duffy. We're going to talk a little bit about how we can be our best version of ourselves. And I want to tell you right now, this is a conversation that's going to get a little deep. So this is probably not one that you want just on in the background while you're doing something else. This is one where you're going to want to take notes and you're going to want to spend some time afterwards giving it some thought. What would this look like? Let's hear from Adrian Duffy. Well, you know, it's always great to have on the podcast the people that I have learned so much from, and over the years, I have learned so much from Adrian Duffy, uh, one of the leaders of the internationally renowned uh, Strategic Coach Program. She's been teaching in that program, uh, leading entrepreneurs for decades. She is an influencer, an instructor, an author, and a musician, uh, and she has an uncanny ability uh, to set her own agenda aside and to peer into your soul. She's also a good friend, and my personal coach for many years. Welcome to The Buyer's Mind, Adrian Duffy.
2: Oh, my goodness, Jeff. Thank you. Wow. That is beautiful. I just
0: uh, it, it, you have impacted my life uh, so much over the years, and I'm thrilled to see how you will impact our audience. Uh, tell us, first of all, a little bit about your background. How did you end up doing what you were doing? You you coach coaches, you coach entrepreneurs, you you uh, spend a lot of time watching what makes people successful, what sometimes uh, prevents them from, from being successful. Tell us about your background.
2: Well, as you said earlier, I um, am a musician, and my first career was actually as a performing musician in a symphony orchestra, and um, I loved, loved, was very passionate about music, but I also loved teaching, and I found that there was a whole world out there other than teaching music, and that Mm -hmm. led me into the profession that I do now. And I grew up in an entrepreneurial family and have had that kind of entrepreneurial wiring myself from a very young age. So that led me into having my own business, which led me to coaching entrepreneurs over time. And it's been just such an extraordinary journey to work with people who are really taking charge of their future in a very important way, a deep accountability to their future and um, that's sort of how I got into it, Jeff. I love it.
0: Uh, just one clarification there. It's one thing to say... Well, you know, I took piano lessons as the kid, or I played uh, uh, violin. I was the second chair in my high school. But you performed in a symphony, which means you put countless hours into mastering uh, the, w- what you were trying to do there. You had made it to the pinnacle. Was it difficult to step aside? Because you had to you had to walk away from a whole lot of time and dedication and and uh, sweat and rejection and, and turmoil uh, in order to make that decision. Was it a difficult decision? decision?
2: Well, I think any of those kinds of decisions are difficult, but if you have a deep core, what I call soulful call, to make those kinds of transformational changes in your life, you're willing to do what it takes to make those changes. And I realized that there was a limitation to the impact that I could have in that organizing structure. And in Mm -hmm. fact, Although I got to a pretty high level there, you know, playing in a symphony orchestra, which is a pretty huge accomplishment, sure. uh, I also realized that there were many people that were my colleagues that were kind of going to sleep and mm. didn't have that passion anymore. And I had such a passion for helping people grow and transform. That's always been part of my wiring. And I realized that if I was going to really move forward and have that bigger impact, I had to change the organizing structure where I brought my gifts out
0: are you of the opinion that there are a lot of people who have that uh, soulful call as uh, you labeled it there uh, and are just sort of stuck that, that it it's at it a, and perhaps it's a courage issue or just a, a desire for uh, stability. But do you think there are a lot of people who have that soulful call that they are either ignoring or have frankly learned how to ignore over the years?
2: Well, I think it people can numb out a little bit to that mm-hmm. deeper call for sure. And yet it's very persistent. So when people really do listen, they will get the input that they need to create a different future and a bigger future. And what I found is that when people live from that space, life shows up for them. And Mm -hmm. if they're willing to take a small step towards what they really desire, what their deepest core desire is, things will show up and it will work out for them.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. when I'm I'm just listening to you say that and recognizing that there are a lot of people who are going to sit there and say, "Well, listen, I can't make a huge career shift right now. I've got three kids, and you know I'm maybe the sole breadwinner, whatever it is." And so they've got a lot of reasons why they shouldn't do it. And what you're suggesting is you don't necessarily have to throw the hammer down, walk away from your job, throw the keys on the desk, and say it's over. Maybe just taking those first steps might be all you need to do in order to gain that clarity. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but is that where you're headed on that?
2: No, no, absolutely, Jeff. I mean, you you, people are given those gifts to have the insight to take those next steps. And uh, one small step in the right direction can give a tremendous amount of energy and also something that I. I think is really important to keep in mind is something I call repurposing. And that is often people see their bigger future outside of where they are currently Mm -hmm. as some vast space that they don't have right now. But often if they look at what they're learning, if they look at their experiences and what they're accomplishing currently, they can repurpose what they're doing right now into the future. It's like me going back to my music and going, wow, wow, how many skills and abilities did I learn in that organizing structure that I apply to this day in my work as a coach mm-hmm. of entrepreneurs and helping organizations grow and scale to the next level and helping individuals really accomplish what they want to in life? Uh,
0: I love that because it it's, speaks to the concept that, and I, I think it was, it, it, I'm not sure if I first heard it from Dan Sullivan, but the idea that Everything that has ever happened in your life has led you to the point where you are right now, collectively. And therefore, it's a new start at every moment if you want it to be. And I know that that's, uh, certainly a, a philosophy that, that you propose. And, and, uh, if you think back at your music experience and you can tie it into what it is that you do, I think that's encouraging for, for our listeners. You've developed an incredible understanding of how to live, um, not a balanced life per se, but to live the life that you really want to live. And I know that you've seen entrepreneurs and managers and and even sales professionals who feel somewhat victimized by their responsibilities and their duties and their time crunches. Uh, I know you're on a quest to get people to kind of (laughs) rethink that. What do you do for the person who just feels trapped in what it is that they're doing right now?
2: Well, I think that all of us reach that point um, where we feel trapped in something that we're doing. And when someone goes deeper inside to listen uh, and then takes steps on the outside you're actually really looking at how you can utilize the energy of both inner confidence uh, developing that confidence and then having results on the outside so it's really kind of an inside outside journey mm-hmm. and when people are taking those steps that infuses confidence, so there is less of that victim energy that can come for, for them because they're focusing on a powerful outcome in some way. Even if, if it's one small step at a time, they're focusing on an outcome that will draw them into the future.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's just the idea of if you are stuck... Do something. Take a step, right? Have you the, I, the concept of the mental picture of being stuck means you're you're in one place and you're just not moving. And you keep using this language about taking a step. Uh, taking a step gets you unstuck. I mean, I don't want to oversimplify it and suggest that life then folds out in front of you, but it's probably not going to fold out if you stay in the same place.
2: Yeah, and there and it's also really important that someone casts a vision and focuses themselves into that future that they desire. That's something Mm -hmm. that we can create in our imagination. But then we roll it back and we reverse engineer it and go, okay, what are the next steps that I can take? And it's often one small step and another small step where you reach the compound effect of all those steps. And that's Mm -hmm. where you really get incredible progress happening. And something we talked about briefly earlier is that the whole point is that we're already there. I mean, we've got so much learning under our belt. We have so much wisdom, but we can experience that gap between where we are and where we want to be in terms of our professional impact or any other aspect of our life. And when we take those steps, it continuously closes that gap and builds confidence.
0: You have this profound ability to meet people where they are at. Uh, You can take a a fairly brief look and, uh, already start to understand what you are dealing with. Uh, is that a gift you were born with is something you developed over the years?
2: I think that there may be some instinct that was there, but it is a big time lifetime journey to develop those skills and abilities. And I think if we're focusing for sales professionals or really focusing on that whole aspect of the buyer's mind, that's so important to this podcast I believe that our ability to work on ourselves and develop our own confidence about who we are, understand ourselves, and the deeper we can go with that, the more powerfully we can connect with others, but then also tune into who they are and what they need. And there's this magical point of connection that can happen, but it doesn't happen in the same way if we don't really delve deeply into learning about ourselves. So there's different learning that we do, there's tools that are out there, there's assessments, all kinds of things that can bring us greater self-awareness and then transform into awareness of other people. And the more we do that work and the more we develop that, it's very, very powerful in terms of getting the results that we want when we're trying to influence others.
0: Do you see a lot of people um, in your in your profession or even in your life who are just frankly, so addicted to comfort that they're not willing to take those steps that they're not really willing to look and see what are the opportunities that are out
2: there? Well, I think in fact, Jeff, I'm, I'm very blessed in that many of the people that I get to work with Mm -hmm. realize that we are accountable for our results. I mean, it's easy to blame the rest of the world. You used the word victim earlier, I mean, Mm -hmm. but essentially we are accountable for our results. And so I'm fortunate in that I get to work with a number of people who are really focusing on where they want to go. They dream of a bigger future. They have certain visions of what they want to accomplish in both their personal and professional life. And they realize that they are the ones fully accountable to taking those steps to make it happen.
0: Uh, let, let's take a, a quick peek behind the strategic coach uh, curtain. You've been a part of the strategic coach, a, a, a mainstay in the strategic coach program for entrepreneurs for a long time. And uh, I started that strategic coach journey many years ago. And I, I just want to look at one quick peek. Uh, let's talk about. Uh, free days focus days and buffer days and, and and just uh for for the audience's context here for just a moment so that first day and there's what 30 of us uh, sitting in a room all entrepreneurs on the first day of our strategic coach journey and uh we were talking about Focus days where we're really focused on how we uh, how we uh, um, uh, provide our best value, how we how we make money as entrepreneurs. We have these buffer days where we're preparing for those focus days, and then we have these free days where we're stepping completely aside, midnight to midnight, 24 hours without even thinking about work. And I have to tell you, I looked around the room. And I found 30 entrepreneurs who were dumbfounded with the entire concept of a free day. And I was one of them. I'm sure that's an experience you've seen over and over again. Tell us a little bit about the, the entrepreneurial time management system. There.
2: Well, I- essentially as an entrepreneur uh, we're constantly endeavoring to get results. And because we've made the choice to be fully responsible for our choices and our results in the world, uh, we can't really rely on other organizing structures. And so we have to create our own. And that often means that we have a sign that says I am available 24 Mm seven. And, you know, and that in fact was the key to success. We all have to work hard as an entrepreneur. In fact, even individuals that aren't entrepreneurs to realize the success that we want. It's, it's not a free ride. Like mm-hmm. we have to work hard. And so starting to look at your time differently can be just a huge, huge impact and change for individuals. And so in fact, a focus day are those days where you're focusing on the most important activities. So you know, whether you're an entrepreneur or sales professional, whatever it might be, you're looking at what are the key results that I need to get and who do I need to be talking to and what activities are actually going to lead to the results that we need. And that would be your focus day. Mm -hmm. A buffer day is when you're doing those activities that aren't really going to get those big results, but if you don't do them, you're going to be remiss such as, Mm -hmm. oh, the paperwork or other things. Like that. Right. But then what will often happen for people is that they just don't rejuvenate. They don't take time for themselves and just unplug. And we know that the brain, the whole body, every part of us needs rejuvenation. And so when you combine those three in distinct categories where you're having your focus, on those most important relationships and activities that are going to bring results. And then you're also making sure that you're doing the preparation work that you need to do to build those results into the future, but also looking after yourself. Mm-hmm. It's pretty magical. Actually, yeah, you yeah. you really start to get exponential results. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It, it, it took me a while to believe it, but once I learned it. Once I figured it out, uh, I just said, I'm not going back uh, because I found that I was so much more creative, productive, focused uh, when I had that free time. And I think it's to what you were just talking about, the idea that the brain needs its rest. It needs to disengage. And I had found that I was just grinding and grinding and grinding. And, and oftentimes the results, uh, the results suffered. Uh, one of the things that makes you successful adrian is that you're you're not afraid to think big i mean your 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 website is bigfuturesinc.ca. it's called big Futures. that's what you are all about um and in fact you're not afraid to think very very big <laughs> what is it about the human condition that causes people to live with such a scarcity mindset and then uh, uh, correspondingly to aim for fairly low objectives in life
2: well, I think that a lot of this can be fostered uh, in terms of our upbringing, and we could probably get into all of that. Um, but I have not, I have met many people who maybe grew up in a situation where there was more of a scarcity, um, limitation kind of upbringing, but they make a crucial decision at some point that that's not how they want to live anymore. And so they decide to go after something big. I was very, very fortunate in my upbringing. Um, big, big thinking, big ideas, entrepreneurship were all part of my upbringing. So that was very, very powerful. But many, many people don't have the benefit of that. And yet I've worked with a significant number of individuals like that that make that transformation and realize that envisioning that bigger future, as you call it, being bold for that bigger future, mm-hmm. will create an energy. Now that energy is about the future, but it infuses a now and life happens in the now. So when we project ourselves out to think about what's possible, then we can bring it back to now, that energy, and use that, as we talked about earlier, to start to be strategic about what the steps are that will move you forward. Mm-hmm. And. And I think that there's absolutely so many programs out there that are so powerful to help people make those kinds of transformations. And in fact, they can move out of that, leaning into scarcity. Uh, We, In fact, we actually need to be thinking about things that will be safe, secure, those kinds of things, it's part of our life. But if we belabor those things without focusing on the other side, we're at risk for really moving into the life that we dream of and creating that bigger future.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just uh, finished a book. It's, it's actually, it's not out yet. I have a publisher's proof here uh, that that was sent to me by a gentleman by the name of Scott Young. The book is called ultra learning uh, about, the, the concept of our traditional education system, he believes, is is flawed from the perspective of how we are taught and the idea of just sitting down and trying to memorize lists and everything else. Uh, but uh, he has a abundance mindset when it comes to learning, and the stories that he tells are phenomenal. And One of the things that he did, he and a friend of his, uh, they decided that they were going to learn to speak four languages fluently, in one year. And the reason they were going to do that is to simply prove that it could be done. And so they moved to four different countries, three months each, and they made a decision before they left we will not speak English for an entire year we will be so immersed and so focused in that and i i love that because it's just a picture of that abundance thinking of believing that something can be done is going to get you so far down the journey and i think oftentimes we get so so caught in what we think our limitations are that we don't get there in the first place and part of your job part of your vocation part of your coaching is to help people to move beyond that scarcity and even encourage them to think broadly about the big future in front of them. That sounds like fun. You must have those days where you're just like, I I just moved the needle for somebody, even in the way they think. I know the results are going to be there. That sounds like a cool gig.
2: Well, it is pretty amazing. And we all have, you know, fears of moving into the future I haven't met anyone who doesn't have some kind of concern in one area of their life. But what I realize is that when I have my personally, when I have my biggest resistance, there's usually the biggest gift on the other side of it. And if mm-hmm. I'm willing to persist through that resistance that I've created for myself, that on the other side is. Something very, very powerful. And when I turn back to look at the brick wall I put up for myself, it's actually a piece of tissue paper. (laughs) And I receive all of this amazing energy of that future that I'm creating in every moment, you know, one moment at a time. So it is really, really powerful
0: yeah yeah i I know it it took me a long time, a number of years to write my first book. and uh I mean, years of grinding and mental energy because it that's what it was. It felt like a huge brick wall. And now we, here it is, uh, you know, nine books later, eight books later. I'm not exactly I sure like, how many books later. And then you look at it and you go, I'm so fulfilled by being able to do that., uh, but at the time, man, it seemed like an insurmountable mountain. And I think that's, uh, that's part of what you do, Adrian, is that you help people to sort of put it in in perspective and say, okay, maybe it is a tall mountain, but you're not going to climb it by standing still. So let's take one step. And sometimes that beginning of the momentum is really what's going to get you started in the right direction. I'm sure that's what you have found over the years.
2: Oh, absolutely. And you know, we all have those kinds of visions. We have the resistances, but if we can take those steps, move into the future, uh, it's amazing uh, how we can build a bigger future and build a life that's pretty extraordinary.
0: You wrote the book Soul Sense, a great book. Great book! Uh, It's the proof that a book doesn't have to be sixty thousand words to have a huge (laughs) impact. And and then you do these amazing soul journey uh, video blogs, which we'll, we'll put this in the show notes, the link to the blogs. But they're just so inspiring and so so thoughtful. Tell us about your passion for soul care, because normally you would look at it and say, you you coach entrepreneurs, you help them to think big, you help them to be able to to figure out who they are and where they're going and cast the vision. And yet there is something even more fundamental uh, uh, to the way that you approach things when the soul is not right. Then it seems like all of that other stuff doesn't really matter in the first place.
2: Yeah. Well, what I learned is that we talked earlier about entrepreneurs and other individuals that are striving for big, big goals. I Mm -hmm. have done a lot of work with moonshots going to the moon. That was our brand for a number of years. And what I learned is that if you aspire to big things without looking after the inner part of ourselves, our inner growth, our deepest core, which is why I use the word soul, because that word represents our deepest core, uh, Mm -hmm. that we can't sustain the energy to really have the vitality to contribute in the way that we can. Uh, and and the gifts that we were given. Mm -hmm. So that was my purpose in in looking at this idea of soul sense and the importance of soul care, which is part of the book, is that we have to look after our inside if we want bigger outside goals. And the more we stretch outside, in fact, I've learned, at least in my own experience, the more that we have to stretch inside. Mm -hmm. But we also have to look after ourselves in that journey because when we're living from that place of vitality, passion, soulfulness. There's a tremendous amount of energy that we're managing on a day-to-day basis, and it can burn people out if they don't focus on their inner growth and their inner connection, however that plays itself out for them in, in the moment you know whether they have to look after something physically or they have to go a little bit deeper just in terms of rest that we talked about earlier in terms of rejuvenation there's many many different aspects to that but soul care is important
0: because I'm sure you've seen people who are 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 really working hard on the surface. They're getting some results, but ultimately, either it's going to lack meaning or it's going to lack sustainability if the internal, if the soul, if you will, uh, is not being taken care of properly.
2: Yeah, I mean, we talked earlier. I mean, it calls. It says, "Hey, wake up. Hello." Yeah. You know, there's I, I need your attention. And it could be, as you said, passion, meaning those kinds of things that we need to focus on. Uh, and when we get those calls, listen, uh, I invite all our listeners to listen to those calls and go inside and do the personal work that you need to do so that you can have bigger and more sustainable results on the outside. And I do believe it's an inside out journey.
0: Love it. Love it. Love it. Hey, we're just about out of time. But before we let you go, we always have a little tradition here. We're going to put you on the hot seat. Rapid fire questions, rapid fire answers. You ready? Oh, my gosh. Okay, I'm ready. (laughs) There we go. All right. Your very first job was what?
2: Uh, Well, my first entrepreneurial venture was um, I manufactured and um, and sold cinnamon toothpicks in the fourth grade, which was a very successful job until the principal shut it down. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <It's> <laughs> but it was scared. my first job, at least in making it. money.
0: <laughs> I love it. That's that's awesome. Um, uh, an album you listened to in your youth uh, over and over and over again.
2: Um, I loved um, all of the work of James Taylor. And to this oh, day, yeah. I still kind of like to listen to his greatest hits.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No doubt. Uh, the most beautiful place you've ever stood?
2: Oh, wow. I mean there are so many beautiful places know, yeah, I've had the yeah, opportunity yeah. to be, but, um, I had this amazing experience with my daughter where we were on the Island of Maui. I was doing a speech there and mm. we drove through rain up to the peak there on the summit of Haleakala, mm-hmm. uh, the crater up there. And we hit it right at sunset. Yeah. And I, I mean, to this day, if it is just goosebumps all over my sure. body, when I think of how beautiful that was.
0: I love it. I love it. Uh, any book that you read early in life that made a profound impact on the rest of your life?
2: Um, Good one. I would say um, man's search for meaning by Viktor Frankl. Oh, sure. um, he, yeah. He's like the king of mindset and he's amazing. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, a movie you've seen multiple times, but it doesn't matter when it comes on, you have to watch it.
2: Um, I would say the sound of music. That's one that just comes <laughs> up and, you know, <laughs>
0: Classic, classic, a and classic. finally, um, your your first celebrity crush.
2: <laughs> well, um, I would say probably I love the Beatles, Paul McCartney.
0: There you go. I saw him perform a couple of years ago live. It was absolutely amazing. There you go. You're off the hot seat. Well, well done. Uh, So Adrian, just great conversation. I, as I knew it would be, I just love uh, hearing your perspective on, on life and on success and the way we take care of ourselves. The book is called Soul Sense. Uh, You can find it if you go to bigfuturesinc.ca. We'll put that in the show notes. And while you're on that website, I just want to strongly encourage you, click on the tab for the blog, and then watch the video blog. The, the The video blogs are really, really great to be able to see. You'll you'll absolutely love them. Uh, Adrian, can't thank you
2: enough for being on the buyer's mind. Oh, thank you, Jeff, and thank you for all the great work that you're doing.
0: Well, Murph, uh, I, I'm I'm not gonna lie. Uh, if Adrian Duffy read the phone book, I would sit there and listen to her just because I just think she's that much of a genius. Um, uh, but but what did you think? How did you enjoy that conversation?
1: Well, and I learned new things about Adrienne I hadn't known today. I didn't know she was uh, involved in orchestra and playing concert materials. So, yeah, Yeah. just absolutely amazing. Uh, But Yeah. yeah, yeah, she's even bigger than life to me than she was before. Absolutely amazing.
0: Yeah, she's a really really something. And Murph knows Adrian because Adrian is the, not just my coach but the coach for Shore Consulting. She does a lot of organizational uh, work with us. Uh, I absolutely love uh when Adrian really gets into some of those uh, bigs that those big topics especially about the topic of possibility thinking about asking the question what is possible and so often we spend our time in that scarcity mindset where we start to think of a very limited world view i can't do this and i'm not equipped to do that and i'm not talented enough to do this you know all of those things are very limiting but when we ask ourselves what is possible and then we take that first step it is absolutely huge. And so when Adrian said the biggest resistance usually means the greatest opportunities on the other side, and in her experience, the brick wall ends up seeing a little more like tissue paper by the time she's done. Well, what do you think, Murph? Was that just uh, a little a pop psychology or did it ring true to you?
1: No, I think it really does ring true. I think uh, both knowing who we are and then also having that mindset that, you know, it, it's not scarcity. There is an abundance there. And if we would just take advantage of the skills that we have and the ability to move forward, it, it absolutely rings true.
0: You know, I I completely loved uh, the way that Adrian both opened the conversation about her soulful call and then closed it talking about uh soul sense and soul care. And it's one of those things where if we're not careful, we can get caught up into dismissing as being kind of a, you know, fluffy light topic. But the reality is these things are really, really important. Our soul care is absolutely critical. And Adrian talked about this idea of stepping aside from what it is that you do in the grind every day to take care of your soul. I know this is very, very important important to me. It has been for a long, long time, certainly for the 35 years or so uh, in my Christian walk, my connection with God is such a core and grounding part of my soul care. And I want to make sure that I'm paying very, very close attention to how I look at, at those, that soul journey and make sure that I'm focused on the right things. And then when I do that, what does it do? It makes me a better person. It makes me more effective when I die Dive back in, into the go, 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 hurry, hurry, hurry. And there's that sense of balance. Yes, there are times when we have to run. And then there are times when we have to sit. And I think that those are both very, very important. And I just want to challenge you how much of your life is run and how much of your life is sit. It might be time for you to just to get grounded on what really, really matters on what will really make the difference. We have to look into our inner self if we want to accomplish those bigger outer goals. We have to work harder on our interior if we want to get the bigger exterior accomplishments. That's what Adrienne said, and I think she is absolutely right. So let me just challenge you right now. How are you feeling about that? How is that sitting with you? I'm looking at it for myself because I'm really getting a lot more uh, keynote speaking opportunities. That's something that I've been working on and, uh, and talking more about. But I recognize it's not just a matter of asking for the keynote opportunities or or doing the 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 business development on the key, keynote opportunities. It's about asking the question, why do I want to do the keynote opportunities? What kind of impact do I make? How much do I love my audiences when I'm speaking? Getting all the soul part of it down is so important before we actually accomplish the exterior goals. This is true for you as well. When you're thinking about what you are selling, are you selling from your head or are you selling from your heart? Are you selling from your head or are you selling from your heart? If your mindset is not based on the idea that I'm connected to what really means something in my life, then we're not holistic. We're not living that holistic life. We're marginalizing the things that we do in sales as just our occupation or the way that we make money. And I would rather look at it and say, no, these are all an extension of who I am. What I do is an extension of who I am. And so I'm gonna pay attention to who I am and not just what I do. I know these are deep, heady things, but it's worth spending a little time right now. And you may wanna consider having a conversation with somebody else in your life who's important to you to try and get your hands around these things and to try and determine how you can live your best life until next time go out there and change someone's world